Thank you. You may be seated.
symbol of freedom and justice for over 225 years. Through wars and in times of peace, the sight of the American flag has given notice to foes and assurances to friends that democracy lives. No other symbol captures the power and glory of our nation like the American flag. It is flown as our national emblem in some form of, without interruption since 1777. The American flag remains a living piece of history and a source of pride and unity for all Americans. The stars and stripes embodies the very qualities that make our nation great. Liberty, justice, freedom, love of country, and national purpose. When raised against the dawn's early light or silhouetted at half-mast against the setting sun, the colors of America have always reflected the character of her people. The stripes represent the original 13 colonies, and the stars represent the 50 states of the Union. The colors of the flag are symbolic as well. Red symbolizes hardiness and valor. White symbolizes purity and innocence. And blue represents vigilance and perseverance and justice.
Oh, how far we've strayed from that hope as a nation. We have collectively walked away from the scriptural truths this nation was founded upon. We have abandoned the Bible as truth and our Creator as our guide. But though we are faithless, He remains faithful. He has promised us in 2 Chronicles 7.14, If my people, who are called by my name, will humble themselves and pray, and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin and heal their land. Let us then rise up, America. God is still calling to us. God is still waiting for us. Let us turn back to the path from which we have strayed. Let us seek his face and walk in his ways once more. It is not too late for our nation, because we have a God who keeps his promises. If we turn to him, God will forgive our sins. God will heal our broken land. God will restore our broken families. And yes, God will bless America again.
I'm blessed. Are you? God blessed us through the choir. Didn't they do a good job? Come on, let's hear it. Amen. And you know what? Regardless of what we're going through, God will bless America again. The choir did a great job. The middle choir, the younger choir, did an excellent job. And the little ones did a fantastic job. Let's give them a hand, all of them. Thank you, choir. Thank you, Sylvia. And thank you, Randy, for leading such a beautiful, a beautiful choir. Praising God and honoring our country. I love America. Do you love America? Amen. If anyone is here who does not love America, I would ask them to leave. Period. We love our country, and we love the freedom that we have, and we love what God has given us in spite of what we're going through. And I am so glad, again, to have the opportunity to talk a little bit about our country, to talk about the U.S., talk about this beautiful land that we have. I loved it before I came here, and I love it more now. And pray for me. I'm going to take five minutes, borrow five minutes from you. We're not going to leave at 12.30 sharp, maybe 12.35. Bear with me. It's Independence Day, right? We can play with time a little bit. But before we do anything, let's uh, ask God's blessing upon the rest of this meeting. Let's bow our head, all of us, for prayers. Father, we are thankful, very thankful to be in this wonderful country. We're thankful for your freedom from sin and the freedom that we have express ourselves freely. We thank you for giving us the opportunity to preach freely. We thank you for the word of God that rules above anything else. We thank you for your bounties. We thank you for the independence that we have. First from sin. Second. Secondly from anything that hinders us to live as a free nation. May we ask you to lead us with the words that we, you want us to hear, not the words of man. May it be your words to pierce our hearts, to give us more responsibility, to awaken us to the fact that we need to be blessed again in this great country. Bless the meeting, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. I'd like to read a verse from Psalm 127, verse 1.
unless the Lord builds the house, they labor in vain who build it. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman keeps awake in vain. Tomorrow, the 4th of July, we celebrate our Independence Day. Many immigrants take the oath, the oath and recite the Pledge of Allegiance. And you might watch them on TV. Tomorrow, they embrace the way of living in the United States. They embrace freedom, generosity, justice, stewardship, leadership, service, and above all, courage. They will stand gladly waving the American flag, and they go on to live their dream. America is still the envy of the world. Since almost 300 years and more, people from every nation have been storming our shores to come to America. And the waiting list grows longer every year. I say my America, I say our shores. I'm an immigrant and I embraced this way more than 50 years ago. You can know from, you can detect from my accent, but I'm proud to say I'm an American. If you're proud with me, say I am proud to be an American. We Americans have been blessed, blessed with a great country, with a rich Christian heritage, and uncompromising values for which our forefathers paid a high price. We were founded as one nation under God, and by His grace, we still are, but we need to start taking a stand to defend that truth. Amen. As Ronald Reagan famously said, if we ever forget that we are one nation under God, then we will be a nation gone under. Let's not forget that. A nation is made great by its people and its values, by its leaders and the values they embrace. It has been said that a nation rises and falls on its leadership. Throughout the Bible, when ancient Israel had a king who reverenced God and held the word of God in high esteem, the nation prospered, right? When they had a bad king, life within the nation was full of misery. American history vividly clear. It is clear that a faith in God and a reverence for the Bible provided the basis for the founding of our nation. That same reverence for God 
by many of our presidents has had a profound impact on the greatness of America. One fact is undeniable. The Bible, please listen to me, the Bible has been one of the great influences on America's presidents. George Washington, the first president, announced at the beginning of his presidency, hear what he said, it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Abraham Lincoln said, in regard for this great book, I have this to say. I love this man. I love this man very much. It is the best gift God has given to man. We're talking about the Bible. All the good Savior, he continues on, gave to the world was communicated through this book. Andrew Jackson echoes this and he says, that book, sir, is the rock on which our republic rests. Timothy Dwight, then the president of Yale University said, the Bible is a window in this prison world through which we may look into eternity. How far it is from the presidents of Yale University today. Today, at the beginning of the 21st century, a terrible change is taking place in my America, and it's your America, too. I'll give you some. <laughs> I'll let you own a little piece. Our attitude toward God and his eternal word, the Bible, has grown cold. Do you agree with that? Our respect for sacred beliefs are scarcely found in the generation we're living in. Corruption, murder, immorality, hate that is festering in our society, with decay accelerating at an enormous rate, leaves us wondering, wondering, where do we go for help? How can we stop this slide accompanied with violence in our nations and drugs in our school? What God, we ask, what God would want us to do? As we look at it together, we see an enormous challenge and a big and heavy responsibility resting on all of us. We need to keep focused and not lose heart. As sometimes we say, I don't care anymore. Don't say that. We do care. Do not lose heart. As we look around, I'm afraid that this great Christian nation We're not a nation of many religions and some Christianity. We are a Christian nation. We were founded on the Bible, and we need to keep it this way. 
a Christian nation. We started to drift, to drift and move away from the word of God and from what our fathers charted for us. And this is, I, I submit to you, my dear friends, I submit to you, this is the cause for our ills today. We have drifted away from the word of God. Period. For some time, we have been imitating other nations. Right or not? In a similar way that the Israelites did and turned away from God, which led to their catastrophic and disastrous downfall. The church as a whole has neglected its call, and instead of preaching Christ to a lost world, it has joined the world by offering a variety of programs to please the crowds instead of pleasing God. We wanted to be politically correct instead of biblically correct. And this is the cause of our ills, ladies and gentlemen. Bible studies are replaced by social gatherings. Prayer meetings are barely on the weekly schedule. While Sunday sermons are watered down to impress the members and promote high attendance. We are quickly going farther and farther from God. As someone wrote, if God is dismissed, it doesn't matter whom we elect or what programs we initiate. Until we connect with him, with God, we won't be able to fix what's wrong or spend enough money to bail us out of this great dilemma. This is a man of God. Tony Evans wrote in his book, America Turning a Nation to God. I can't forget his word when I read this book. Thank you, Mike, for giving me this book. And he says, the problem with our country today is not that God is not near. The problem is that we, the people, turn too quickly between near and far. We turn too quickly between God and other things. Our nation's ills are not merely the result of corrupted politicians, terrorists, or extremists, as we hear every day. Our troubles can be traced directly to ineffective Christians. The real tragedy in our nation is that, that the church as a whole has failed to advance God's kingdom and his principles into our society. He goes on to say, our solutions to our nation's problem will not first and foremost be found in the White House. Our solutions will first and foremost be found in God's house. That's the challenge that we have today. The solution for our nation starts here. 
John Winthrop wrote long time ago, a man of God, he says, the eyes of all people are upon us, America, so that if we shall deal falsely with our God, in this work we have undertaken and so cause him to withdraw his present help from us, we shall be made a story and a byword throughout the world. In other words, will be history and not a good one. And in the face of these challenges, and if you love your country, and if you want to keep America the place for freedom, for liberty, and the bedrock of Christianity, here's what we need to do. One, we need national humbling. Am I clear on this one? We need national humbling. We need to go on our knees and ask for God's forgiveness. We need to go back to God. In addressing the nation of Israel, Moses said this, Return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart and soul. In Malachi 3.7, the Lord himself addresses the nation of Israel. The Lord himself, he says, return to me and I will return to you. Return to God, America. This is the message of God on this 4th of July, 2016. This should start when? Tomorrow? Next week? Waiting for the next president to come? No. This should start now, now and now alone. Amen. Tomorrow may be too late. Vance Hafner, one of the great men of God, once said, we need a new beginning of obedience to God, a breaking of heart and getting down in the dust before him with deep humility and forsaking our sin. That's a man of God. That's the third point. Second point. We need spiritual awakening in the home. In the home. The moral climate at home is sad, to say the least. And the dignity of the family is almost non-existent. Before worrying about fixing the symptoms, we need to find the cause. I hate to say that it's over 50% now, the divorce is going on in this beautiful land of ours. How do you expect a society to grow? Children to be raised, and families to form that community of ours, and then goes, it trickles down to the Congress, to the presidents, everywhere. We have a broken, we have a broken 
home. And the call is, this is the time to mend our relationships at home and first with God and start rebuilding the altar at home now. Family, the family is the basic unit of society. The home is the cornerstone of the community. And we need to start there. And when is the time? The time is now. We need to build our country. Let's build the home. Let's build the family. Let's raise our kids in the fear of God. And when they will grow up, you'll be proud of them and what they represent in their adult life. Last point. We need spiritual awakening in the church. I can hear the Lord's voice saying, you have left your first love. No love anymore for the word of God. No love for Christ himself. Hollywood have exported the hate toward God and Christians. And they mock at them in their movies. And whatever they do. And they have exported this to the whole world. And the world is embracing it. And the church is laughing. And through that, we became Christians, the laughing stock of the world. You have left your first love. Where is the love to come to church? Where is the love for Bible studies? Where is the love to come and have good fellowship with Christian men and women? Where is the love to obey the authority that God has placed over us? You have left your first love. Churches need to quit imitating the world and start worshiping the living God and return to teaching the Holy Scriptures rather than essays on philosophy, money management on Sunday mornings, and opinions of men. We need the church to stop trying to hold together by means of entertainment, worldly music, bazaars, and worldly parties. That's the call. Do we want America to come back? Do you want America to rise again? This is where we start our dear friends. Church, we need to go back to basic period and the teachings of the apostles, and pattern our lives accordingly. We need to let the word, the Lord back in the church. Because today, he is standing outside the church. He's no more welcomed in many churches today. He's standing, and God, what is he doing? He's knocking at the door. And he says, 
please let me in. Do you hear my knock? Please let me in. We have hardened our hearts. We have closed the door to the voice of Jesus Christ, the only Savior, the one who can mend hearts, mend society, and mend a nation. It's only the Lord Jesus Christ. And we have, we have kicked him out. The church needs to repent. Bottom line, the problem is not political. The problem is not whether we are politically correct or not correct. The problem is not this president or that president, this party or that party. We're sick and tired of that. The problem today is we have asked God to leave the church and he's staying on the outside. Are we going to let him in again? And we need to listen to his voice. I heard, we heard it from Dean. And I almost say it every year. And that's what he says to Solomon of old. He's saying to the church today on the 21st century, if my people, which are called by my name, shall humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then, then what happens? I will hear from heaven. I will forgive their sins and will hear their land. Do you think God can do that? Do you think God can come down with revivals in every church in the nation? Do you think can God raise up men and women who can change the tone of this world? I believe so. But first, America needs to go back to the Bible. We need a national repentance. And let me say this. It's not too late. I want to give you a ray of hope. It's not too late. There's a place for God in America. There's a place for God in America. And as we heard the, the young people sing, God will bless America again. If there's a place for God in our churches, in our hearts, in our homes, then God will bless America again. Amen? Amen? Let's bow our heads. Father, we... Thank you for the opportunity to voice the need and what need to do, what we need to do to go back to you. May we not forget and never forget your love. You're still looking upon us with loving heart, saying, come to me, come back. And I will bless you again. So may these simple words do their work in the hearts of many. In our church first, and in many churches today through the Holy Spirit, may you use all the pastors today and tomorrow, all the men of God, to preach your word and call.
for such a revival in the hearts of many of your followers. As for us, please continue your blessing upon us. Help us not, never to forget what we are as a nation, a Christian nation, and continue to live the life you want us to be, a witness to your work in our lives. Bless each and every one this afternoon and give us a wonderful 4th of July, knowing that you want us to have a good time together celebrating our independence. Dismiss us, we pray. In Jesus' wonderful name, we ask. Amen. I'll see you tomorrow, 4th of July, at the picnic. May the Lord bless you and be with you. And let's never forget, there's a place for God in America. <laughs>